listening to a Called Collective podcast, where we seek to equip the next generation of ministry leaders. The Called Collective produces multiple podcasts, which you can find in the description below. To learn more about The Called Collective, visit our website at thecalledcollective.org or check us out on Instagram at The Called Collective. Good days. Welcome to the Good Days Podcast with Eddie and Charlie. Charlie, it's good to have you back on the show. <laughs> this Whatever. Is your, this is your show. <laughs> your show, bro. Oh, it's our show. Yeah. <laughs> hey, we're going to do something different. Instead of having a guest, we've been having guests this season two, and it's been a blast. It's been incredible. We've had some phenomenal guests. But instead of having a guest this week, what are we doing? So we're calling this a timeout. A timeout. So like in the middle of a game, we got to call a timeout. Uh-huh. Okay. And what happens in the timeout? We just kind of go back in the locker room. <laughs> and, we, and we talk about it the good the bad the ugly <laughs> right because sometimes a half at the end of a half it's bad yes and you got to fire up the troops and get it back out there you know we had that that crazy run with davy which was amazing yeah, it was it was and then coming on the heels of that i was at a a, a four-day retreat mm-hmm. with a you know 450 you know high schoolers and up in michigan and you know we're just running nonstop. yeah that's why your voice is like an octave lower than normal. <laughs> an octave. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> how does he do that? Folks, how does he do that? It's incredible. Well, when you don't sleep, I mean, in those four <laughs> days, I probably average like five hours of sleep a night. <laughs> or five hours total. Five hours total. <laughs> yeah, probably. But well, well, welcome back to welcome back to youth retreats. Yeah. Then you get back on Sunday night and then it's like, hey, you gotta roll. Monday morning yeah. roll. Got to roll. Got to get class. Get back into the rhythm. So this is a timeout, and we're going mm-hmm. to kind of review some things that we've learned, and uh, and 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 actually position ourselves to move forward too. So yeah. give us some of these thoughts. You've been taking you know incredible notes during our podcast, and and it's been uh, we've had some phenomenal guests. So yeah. you're going to throw out some 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 things that we've yes. been learning, and then we're going to respond to those. Well. The thing about taking notes is, and, and in, if you had me in class, you you know the story, but I remember the first time that uh, I was in a, a, a staff meeting and John Maxwell happened to be there leading. And uh, it was my first time really uh, uh, in that setting out at Skyline. And, and it was one of those things, if you weren't taking notes, then you were just like, what's wrong with you? Was Maxwell going to call you out? Oh, I didn't want to get called out. <laughs> and so you like got your notebook out and started writing stuff down. Yeah, because there was it had been the transition, and Jim Garla was the pastor, and and John was back, and his daughter was getting married at the church, and it's just one of those things where all of a sudden it's like, whoa, mm-hmm. nobody told us. So we're walking down there, and Larry Lamb, uh, young, uh, you know, adult pastor, Doctor Larry Lamb, said, hey. Gave me like a pen and a pad. It's like take notes. Wow! And that's where I learned. It's like because it's, if you're as part of the culture, if you're not taking notes on what people are saying, you don't really care what they're saying. Yeah. So you, you need you need to learn to it's engage. Yeah, yeah. Engage in what was a, a speaker, a sermon, whatever the case might be. Engage in that content. Because how much can you remember? Not a whole lot. I, I, well, when you get to our age, not basically none. Okay. Because seasoned seasoned veterans. 
Yeah, you can't. You know, there's so much good stuff out there you just don't remember. Or in the fourth quarter. <laughs> I don't think so, bro. If I told that story on this podcast about the fourth quarter, Charlie, bro. So we're uh, we took a cohort down to Atlanta. And we went visiting some churches, and we we're at Twelve Stone. And uh, one of our dear friends, Dave Carr. His shout out to Dave Carr right here. Uh, he's an IWU graduate. I mean, awesome guy. Yeah. Right. Um, and he, uh, pretty good basketball player too, by the way, just, just quick shout out. And, um, so he was giving us a tour afterwards. He's touring all over the place and he's talking about the leadership transition. Yeah. Okay. From Kevin Myers mm -hmm. to Jason Barry to Jason Barry and what that is like because Kevin Myers is still involved in the church mm -hmm. and, 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 and what they have um, seen in that leadership transition has just been incredible. And the humility that that Pastor Kevin has had to step away, mm -hmm. and we, so one person asked, "So what? What is he? What's Pastor Kevin doing now?" And um, Dave Carr's response was, "You know, well, you know, he started this church a long time ago, you know, like thirty years ago, and so there's a lot of people that have kind of grown up with him in the church, and now they are fifty five and older, and so he's going to care and pastor and love on these." people who are 55 years and older, yeah. you know, while they're in their fourth quarter. And all the students looked at me. I have no idea why. <laughs> no idea why the students looked at me, but they all looked at me and started laughing. And I said, y -y -y hey, wait a second. I just started the fourth quarter. This is not a two-minute drill here. Yeah. <laughs> we just started the fourth quarter. So we've now got a new saying for us. <sighs> That's good. Anyway, Game's far from over. It's far from over. There's a lot, lot of, can happen. A lot, lot of game yet to be played. That's right. You know, and, 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 and especially like in football, that's where you pile up the stats. You know, the first three quarters is, is I don't know, it's kind of boring. But the fourth quarter, all of a sudden they're throwing the ball. They're zinging it all over the place. The urgency. The, the, the urgency of the finality yeah. of the game is happening. Urgency. Right. And so I think there is, I think when people get to be 55 or older, they begin to look at the finality of their life yeah. and it doesn't matter. And so I think they really do see a lot of productivity at that fourth quarter because of that urgency of, I want my life to matter. So the first one actually comes out of a football. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Now we're back to the timeout. Okay. So uh, no, no, this is good. Okay. Okay. okay let's go. That's, that's a good one. That should be number one. <laughs> the urgency. Okay. Urgency of the fourth quarter. That's right. Okay. So, so like we got? One of the things I was taking notes on, it wasn't just a podcast, but it was uh, that we've heard, mm -hmm. you know, here, did here, but it was actually a podcast where they were interviewing the one and only Tom Brady. Oh, okay. Just retired. Giving it up to uh, the All greatest right. quarterback in the history of football. The GOAT. And so you got a lot of people it's like, no, that was Peyton Manning. No, it was Joe Montana, whatever. Well, anyway, in this interview, this podcast, Peyton Manning was the guest. Oh. So he comes on. You oh. got Gronk as the guest, and they're yes. like going off and all this kind of stuff. And, you know, the interview guy is kind of like asking some questions that were trying to get Tom and Peyton to nitpick at each other. Uh -huh. But this is what they said. It's like, you know, uh, uh, Peyton, coming out of high school, number one, number one prospect in college, you know, coming out of college in 1997, he was going to be number one in the draft mm. that spring of 98. You know, he was supposed to be the Heisman Trophy winner in mm -hmm, 97. Mm -hmm. He actually came in second. Came in second. To uh, one Charles Woodson from yeah. 
Michigan. But anyway, you know, it's like he's number one draft pick. Everybody's clamoring. In fact, I remember living in San Diego those days. It was like, you know, Ryan Leaf or Peyton Manning. Who wants what? That was the debate. And the two teams were San Diego and Indianapolis Colts. And everybody in San Diego was hoping, oh, please, Indy, pick Peyton. Because we want Ryan Leaf. You know, please, please, please. Wow. Were they really? Absolutely. I mean, it's no question now. But back then, no one really knew how it was going to play out. No, 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 no. So we get into this. But, you know, uh, when uh, Tom Brady is in the mix, uh, you know, no, he's not the number one, you know, quarterback coming out of high school. In fact, I mean, his team was terrible. <laughs> you know, the only reason he got a starting job it's is because the, the the quarterback in front of him quit. Yeah, he got hurt or quit or something. He quit. He quit. You know, and so you get into this, and he goes to, to Michigan, has a, you know, he waits his turn, mm-hmm. you know, and they loved it, like, you know, rip and shred on it, but actually, you know, people there remembered, loved him. I mean, he, he was... A very good quarterback. He he led Michigan to an Orange Bowl victory over Alabama, literally on his back. I actually met with one of the the defensive uh, players who's actually a cornerback for Alabama, who's mm-hmm. now in youth ministry, who played, started in that game. So we couldn't stop Tom wow. Brady that game. But he didn't get a shot, really, until the guy in front of him got hurt. Right. He? He, he won and 99. Was, it, was his junior year, though, in college? So it, he Before he started starting? Yes, but that was normal because the year before, you know, yeah. it's like Michigan wins the national championship. That was 97. That's Charles Woodson. That's mm-hmm. Brian Greasy. Yeah, you know, there So we Tommy go. was yeah, the yeah, next yeah. up. But at the same time, at the end of that year, Michigan has the number one quarterback recruit in the history of college football. Really? That comes in. So now you've got this guy who who's unheralded, but is is wins the starting spot. And they have the number one recruit, Drew Henson, who's not only the number one recruit in football, but in baseball. And it has all these, he's signed mm-hmm. by the New York Yankees. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's like one of these things where, you know, there's all this pressure and he earns the starting spot. And, mm-hmm. But in the draft, right, 199th. So they're having the conversation. And now it's after the fact. Because, they're you know, the, the people are trying to compare those two. And Tom's like, no, 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 no. I've always respected Peyton Manning. Peyton Manning. And I've always watched him, the way he handles things. And now they're sitting back together and they can connect and they understand who makes a good quarterback. Mm -hmm. And everybody's trying to say, who's going to win the Super Bowl? I mean, you know, who do you respect? Who's game to respect? And they would not answer the dumb questions. And what they kept on doing was listen. The one thing that nobody understood about Tom Brady, if you go back, the one measurable they couldn't capture was how big is his heart. Hmm. And now Peyton and Tom are talking about how they see quarterbacks differently than everybody else Mm -hmm. because they see and they look for the things that are the intangibles, the things that nobody sees. The outsiders like how tall, how big, how fast. Mm -hmm. And they're like, no, 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 no. What's their heart? And what I've been learning from that as well is, is there's so many people right now in ministry that think I'm not good enough, mm-hmm. I'm not worthy, and this is coming out. I don't of, have enough talent. Don't have enough talent, and yet that's not the indicator. It's what's your heart, mm-hmm. and that's what Jesus honors. Yeah, and 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 when you talk about the heart, especially when we talk about ministry stuff, mm-hmm. we're talking about a heart in which is 
fully committed to Jesus. We're talking about a heart where, where you know, mm-hmm. God says to David, he's a man after my own heart. Right. So he's looking, God's looking for men and women after his own heart. But you're also talking about you know, that, that piece of our heart where it's, is, is um, completely committed to Christ. But then there's another portion of the heart that talks about like the will, mm-hmm. you know, w- w- that they're willing to um, stick in it when everybody else is quitting. Right, they're willing to stay at it when everybody else is falling by the wayside. They're willing to stay, you know, in the game, if you will, um, when others aren't. I mean, that's that's part of the heart of the will, I should say. That's part of the equation of that will to win or the the drive to be better. Mm-hmm. Okay, and when you look at like Tom Brady, pictures of him when he was in college, and pictures later on when he's in pro, even this year, mm-hmm. like he is way more stronger and and uh, then he was back in college, and he's yes. forty what years old? You know, forty six. For, for the forty six year old Tom Brady versus the twenty two year old Tom Brady, and he is way be- in better shape now than he was at the uh, at the combine NFL combine when he was twenty two. He threw more passes this year than any other quarterback in the NFL. Yeah. How crazy is that? Yeah, but that isn't intangible. This whole idea of the heart and what what do they do behind the scenes? Um. Uh, even to to make a locker room, right? They talk about oh that 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 guy. He's a locker room guy, you know. He'll his leadership in the locker room, you know. When when Tom Brady or Peyton Manning enters a locker room, it changes things. Mm-hmm. You know the silliness. You know what I've heard anyway. The silliness is gone, and there's a little bit more of a a focus on what really matters. Yeah, at times because yeah. they talk about they know how to play. Yeah, well, know when to play, when to play, and how to get yeah. to work. Then, yeah. So we think about this, and if if you equate or associate your gifts and talents, like like the things that that are on the outside, and this is going back to Davy, then when those things fail you, so does your calling. Mm. Wow. Now he didn't quite say it that way, but when he was talking about it, that's the note I took. Yeah, that it's like when, and that this is kind of blending. Um, so in other some words, other messages that I've heard, uh, Tim Keller mm-hmm. specifically, but when you, you, when you get addicted to your gifts and your talents and that's what you depend on and rely on and your identity is in those things and not that calling that, that heart driven thing that, that is supernaturally imparted in you by God himself. And so when those things fail you, so is your ministry of failure. Mm. So but, things like if you just, if you, if, if someone else is a better speaker than you, yes. you sit there and go, oh my goodness, well, what, what good am I? Yeah. Or if someone else is a better discipler than you, oh my goodness, then what, what, what good am I? They get the opportunity. They, they get called to be on the, the team. They, yeah. they get the speaking gig. You know, they yeah. get to lead worship or whatever. Whatever it might be. So the, uh, the part of that that uh, goes back to this podcast about Tom Brady and then Davy is, Davy did say this. And how now I'm blending Davy, Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, and Tim Keller. Yeah, okay. <laughs> the mix this is how it just blends up in my big mess up here. <laughs> is that they came back and also said this, and this is Davy and Tim Keller that that outer is your that your gifts and your talents, but the inner is the fruit of the spirit. Right, and that can't ever be compromised. Mm-hmm. And if you're okay on the inward, if you know your heart and your calling, and if you're you're developing those fruits of the spirit, mm-hmm. 
God will use you. That's really good. It reminds me of some scripture I read this week. God will okay. use you. Um, that, you know, the whole story of Saul and David. Mm-hmm. And um, and then there then there's this this statement in that scripture, and it says in First Samuel, it talks about um, man looks on the outward appearance, but God looks at the heart. And so often we do look at the outward appearance of someone, um, their 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 height, their weight, their physique, their looks, their talents, their skills. We look at those outward appearances, but what really matters is what God looks inward into the heart. And that is the mm-hmm. fruit of the spirit that you're talking about. And ultimately, which is more important? Ultimately, it's the heart of the person that's way more important than the out, out, outward appearance or those skills and talents that we bring to the table. You know, talking to people who are in the last two minutes of the fourth quarter. Yeah. That's what they talk about. Yeah, they do. Yeah, that's really good. And I think the thing too is, is when we're talking about yeah, everybody, <laughs> okay, we, might be as, we may not be as talented or skilled or good looking as somebody else, but you know, we all can love Jesus mm-hmm. purely and holy and completely love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with yeah. all of your mind, with your soul, and with all your strength. That's the first and greatest commandment. And that is something that you and I and everybody else, as we desire to do that, we can lean in and love Jesus with all we have. You know, keeping with this football analogy, it's like if your yeah. heart's not right, you could be, you know, kind of like what happened with the Indianapolis Colts and Minnesota this year, you can be up 33 to nothing. Oh my goodness. You in have the first to quarter, a, second you have to quarter, bring up painful quarter. things for the Colts fan. It's uh, very painful. Dude, I, uh, this is terrible because I'm a huge Jeff Saturday fan. Huge. I love him. Yes. I know him. All right. He's a solid, godly mm-hmm. person. So is Karen, his wife. I mean, they're wonderful people. Mm-hmm. So that this hurt me, but you can be up. You know, 33 points in the third quarter still lose the game mm-hmm. in the fourth quarter. Yeah. If your heart's not right. And we're talking now ministry. Yeah. Well, we're talking well, yeah. ministry. And when we talk about ministry too, I think there's a lot of a lot of analogies with this too. You know, things like it's not how you start the race, it's how you finish the race. Yeah. And 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 this is what is troubling because you and I have seen a lot of our friends start off really well in ministry and they've stumbled and they've mm. fallen and some have gotten back up and have run a good race and others have completely dropped out of the race. And that, that's sad to see. And, 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 and then at the, at the end, you know, as we are in that fourth quarter, I think for all of us veteran pastors, we need to finish strong in this idea of longevity and ministry. And we want to finish strong and we don't want to finish strong for our sake. We finish strong for, to honor Christ and, and, and to bring glory to God. That's the purpose. That's yeah. the mission. So we're going to do a little speed round here. Okay, here we go. Speed. So this is speed round. Another note that comes up, this is actually number three, but we know that God uses people, but so does the enemy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Ooh. Mm-hmm. When that was said, it's like, whoa. Mm-hmm. I heard a, a youth pastor say that this weekend in a retreat from Northview. Wow. Blew me away. It's like, whoa. I never thought about that. It's like, you know, we know that God uses people. Yeah. Makes sense. But the enemy does as well. Mm-hmm. That's a tough one. I think the good news on that is um, it's so tough and it's so true. And obviously we don't want to be used by the enemy. 
Right. Um, we want to be used by God, but there's times when our selfishness or our pride mm-hmm. gets in the way. Therefore, we are being used by the enemy and not by God. The next one is this, Doc. It's like, let me see what you do, and then I can tell who you are. Hmm. Oof. Got to be fruit. Woof. Yeah. <laughs> That's a tough one, man. It it's like, and and it's not about, you know, works righteousness at all. Yeah. We're not, we're not talking being saved by works. Fruit of the Spirit. It's a fruit of the Spirit. And I think Paul is consistent throughout all of his letters that how we live matters. How yes. we live matters. And I think that is the testimony to the world of our relationship with Christ. That's a great one. This next one, I, I wish I know who it was. I don't know. I just took this note down, and okay. I know it was the last two weeks. So I have no idea where this came from. But uh, uh, you and I, we all, we all were lost in sin. And we can say sin, hopelessness, blame, unworthy. Actually, I think it was another youth pastor at a retreat. Because mm-hmm. like there was four different sessions, four different speakers. So I think this was this One weekend too. Mm-hmm. So we were all lost in sin and, and blamelessness. And you know we're hopelessness, blame, unworthiness. But we were found in love. Mm-hmm. Ooh, <laughs> that's, that's pretty good. Yeah. Lost in sin, but found in love. Yes. And they kept on running on, on if you feel unworthy, you know, you, you know if, if you're hopeless, if, if you're filled with pain or you're bitter, you've been wounded, you've been damaged, mm-hmm. you've been neglected. I mean, you know, just going so deep, like digging. Mm-hmm. And it's like, bro, you just need to stop. I mean, this is like a dentist just digging in your, you know, a cavity in your mouth. It's like, I, can, I can't take it. Yeah. Yeah. The pain is too great. And then all of a sudden it's like, but you are found in love. Mm-hmm. It's like, uh. You know, it reminds me of wow. the story of Hosea and Gomer. Um, we just watched the movie Redeeming Love. And the book Redeeming mm-hmm. Love by Francine Rivers is so good. But I thought the movie did a great job of showing how, um, how she, Gomer, in, in the scripture, but um, the the character in the movie, how she felt so unlovely that no, surely nobody can love me. Mm-hmm. I am so damaged. I I have been used up, and and I'm damaged goods. There's no way somebody can actually love me. Yeah. And and that's why she went back. That's what the movie depicted. That's why she went back to that lifestyle because that is what she knew. And, and this idea that someone would love me unconditionally, it was like too great for her to understand. Yep. But when she was finally able to accept that and receive that, that's when she found the peace and joy and beauty in life. And that's what God does for us. That's the beauty of what God does for us. It's an, it's, it's a, it's an incredible story of God's grace and beauty and love for us. Yeah. That's good, man. Yeah. The last one is this. Okay. I think this is Tim Keller. All right. But I, I think, but uh, here's a quote. Uh, Ministry will either drive you closer to Jesus mm-hmm. or it will drive you further away from him. Mm. That's, and that's a huge yes. warning. So if I unwrap that just a Yeah, a, unwrap a this a little bit because this is so really important uh, it, principle for us in ministry. If your identity is not in your relationship with Jesus Christ and your identity is in your gifts and your talents, mm-hmm and your identity is the ministry, mm-hmm. then the ministry will drive you away from Jesus. Mm-hmm. 
Because it'll, it'll, your it'll identity put, is the ministry. Yes. So it'll, it'll put gifts. a wedge in this relationship between us and Jesus because it really is, it, and it's a, <clears throat> it's a, subtle, a subtle shift. You know, this is that, um, that slow drift away from God. And so what it does is that it becomes slowly about us and not about Jesus. And we're still doing it in Jesus's name, but it really has become from the, in the heart level, motive level has become really about us. And where this blends in is what Davy was talking about is pain mm-hmm. and suffering are part of ministry for every one of us. And we all have our stories mm-hmm. and we all have our woundings mm-hmm. from ministry. And it's not easy to take when you say, like this happens a lot, where you help somebody go through something really difficult in their life. And then probably, you know, not too soon after they've come through it, they leave your church. They <laughs> they leave your ministry. Mm-hmm. They, they go on, they move away from you and go on to something else. And you're like, I just, I just poured out and gave yeah. so much. I was there for them. Yep. And then and I feel betrayed. Yes. And and there's take it personally. There's so many ways this can come out. And if ministry is your identity, then it will drive you further away from Jesus. Mm-hmm. But if you understand it, that you are doing in his power and his strength, and your identity is in Christ, and that's a heart thing that we just talked about, mm-hmm. then hurt and pain will drive you closer to him. Mm. And that's not an easy one. I mean, that's easy to talk about. The reason why we can talk about it because we know exactly what it's like because we're living it every day. Mm-hmm. So it's not lost on us. I've heard yeah. that talk about it's not, yeah. it's not lost on us what it's like to be in the middle of that. We understand that hurt uh, and that pain you know, and th- the temptation for it to become about us. Yeah. This past weekend, whatever, we're doing a ministry. This next weekend where we're going to be in ministry, the week after that, you know, preaching at a church. That, that I've been a part of at Cyprus for like five years now. And some people receive it very well and, and give you great compliments. And others are like, I don't know, that 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 didn't hit it this weekend. Yeah. And it's like, uh Right. That was a single. Yeah. Didn't need it knock it out of the park. That was just a, that was just a single. A pinch hitter for yeah. a single. So when we think about all the notes, I mean if you go back, uh, uh I I mm. I am shocked because that that the the ones we covered, there was like sixteen pages of those. Yeah, exactly. These and, are just a few of these principles that we need to be applying to our lives into ministry. Yeah. So our our thought is everybody take a time out, mm-hmm. go back as you're learning and gleaning and, and listening to different things, and just make sure that you review mm-hmm. what God's showing you and teaching you, and mm-hmm. allow Him to to like. I like this word, but resonate. Let it mm-hmm. just. The, the resonation of a voice, like, you know, we talk about this music. Mm-hmm. Like, as when I was young, I could hit all the notes. You know, it, it's like I could hit a B flat. But my, I don't even know what a B flat is. It's, it's low. <laughs> okay, great. That's below C. I, then that, I that's definitely not hit a B flat. But I didn't have the, the, the resonant tone. Yeah. You know, the deeper, you know, the, the tone. Because I was a kid. Mm-hmm. And life, you know, abuses you, you know, and over time, it's like, you got to let those things resonate. So all of a sudden now you have this, you know, this, this chance to really learn and grow from those, those sufferings and those painful moments Mm -hmm. and allow the things that you learn to come back and actually minister to you Yeah, and learn your lessons from the past. So even the things that hurt you, 
and what your ministry has to, is, is more of a this maturity to it. Mm -hmm. So as we think about maturing your voice or maturing your ministry, mm -hmm. that happens over time. Yeah, I agree. And it happens through suffering. And we have to go back in the locker room and reminisce and then coach. It's really good. Our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ says, okay, let's go out to the fourth quarter. It's great. I was talking to a group of students this week in class or something. And I, uh, I made a statement, something to the effect that what you're saying is this idea that we've lost the art of reflecting, yes. you know, because we're too busy. And so we just keep on moving. And what a timeout does, it allows us to reflect on what's been happening in the game and then also how we can move forward. And I think that's what you're talking about, Charlie, is so true. Mm -hmm. We need to stop and reflect. What have we learned? Um, what is God teaching us? Um, how can we draw closer to Jesus? How can we do ministry better? And let's move forward and not get stuck somewhere in the hurt or the pain or the frustration, not get stuck, but able to move forward because we've stopped to reflect mm -hmm. upon what we've learned. You know, there's ministry in those moments. I, I was, uh, uh, punching out some, some channels on, XM radio, serious radio, mm -hmm. driving home. And, uh, you know, it was a classic, you know, music part, you know, some, some Christian station that has some older songs and all of a sudden power of your love came on. When's the last time that we've sung that song? A long time. Hold me close. Let your love surround me. I mean, all of a sudden I'm driving down highway 37 going home and the power of your love is blaring in my truck mm -hmm. and I'm crying like a baby because not only does the, wor the words of the song mm -hmm. bring back, you know, the, it just ministers to you, but the memories. Mm -hmm. I remember when we would sing that song. I remember where I was at when I first heard it. Mm -hmm. I remember the moments, the people I was with. Yeah, it's amazing. And, and, so and what happens, we go back and reminisce exactly. and, and we, we just let things resonate a little yep. bit. Yeah. And thank God for those moments too. That's good. Charlie, thank you so much for bringing up some of these principles for us to kind of marinate, to reflect upon, right? To let it kind of resonate in our soul on yeah. this time out. So this is awesome. Yes, sir. Boom. And boom. We would like to thank the School of Theology and Ministry at Indiana Western University for allowing us to use their podcast studio and their facilities. I also want to thank the Called Collective for producing all of our podcasts. The Called Collective seeks to equip the next generation of ministry leaders. To find out more information, visit thecalledcollective.org or check us out on Instagram at The Called Collective. Once again, thank you for listening to a couple of old guys. Talking about ministry principles, we have over 70 years of ministry experience, and we'll see you next week.